Hey there, mama, and welcome back to the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast, episode 68. I'm Emily McDermott, and I am here beside you on this journey as we work together to declutter your home, head, and heart. One of the things I hear all the time from the moms that I help in the Facebook group is, will I ever be done with decluttering? It seems like it's something as a constant activity that their house keeps getting cluttered and it is super frustrating. Well, my guest today, Mary Simpson, has a lot to say on this subject. She is a self-described recovering shopaholic and workaholic turned minimalist after a health scare reminded her, we only get one shot at this life and it's not the stuff that matters. And today, Mary is sharing four tips about how you can be more intentional with your shopping and also stop the shopping habit if it's something that you're doing as entertainment or a reward or a coping mechanism, whatever it might be for you. So I hope that you really enjoy this conversation. And with that in mind, what do you say? Grab that notebook and pen and let's dive into today's conversation with Mary Simpson. Hey there, mama. Are you tired of all the stuff crowding your home, calendar, and mind? Do you wish you could say goodbye to the endless to-do list running around in your head? Want to declutter but don't know where to start? You're in the right place. Welcome to Mom's Overcoming Overwhelm, where you will find proven and practical solutions to declutter your home, head, and heart. Hi, I'm Emily, a wife, boy mom, and simplicity seeker. I struggled to get pregnant and felt overwhelmed until I discovered decluttering could create the physical and emotional space I needed to become a mom. Now two kids later, I've transformed my life and motherhood by developing simple systems around decluttering, capsule wardrobes, kid stuff, cleaning and tidying, meal planning, time management, and more, and I can't wait to share them with you. If you're ready to reclaim the time and energy you crave, be present with your kids, and finally enjoy the life and motherhood you so deserve, let's kick overwhelm to the curb, shall we? Grab your lukewarm coffee, your notebook and pen, and clear off some counter space. Let's do this. Well, hi, Mary. Thank you so much for coming on the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast. I am so excited to talk to you today. Thank you, Emily. I'm so happy to be here with you. Yeah. So you and I connected over Instagram. It seems like a long time ago. I don't know why. (laughs) Maybe it's because we just sort of connected in this minimalist mom space. And in the meantime, you have been providing so much guidance and value and support and encouragement to this amazing community that you have grown on Instagram, which is so really amazing. And you and I spoke when I was doing these minimalist mom meetup live things and just your story is just so incredibly compelling. And I knew when I started this podcast that you were a person that I wanted to talk to. So I was hoping you could kind of just introduce yourself a little bit about you and your family, kind of what you do when you're not doing all the mom things, how you like to spend your time. Yeah, absolutely. So I think part of how we connected is because we actually moved from Northern Virginia, where you live. Um, We moved about a thousand miles south to Florida as part of a major downsize and life change. And that was really the beginning of my minimalish journey, depending on how you define it. Some people think it's true minimalism, others do not. But I am married, have two children, a seven-year-old boy and a four-year-old girl. I am, uh, I classify myself as a recovering workaholic and shopaholic. I used to work 50 to 80 hours a week 
And because I was pretty successful in my job, I saw shopping as really my reward for working so hard and, uh, you know, upgrading everything and buying the bigger house and just constant more, more, more. And finally realized through a health scare that that didn't actually align with my values. And so we had a major life change. I still work full time, but I work from home 100% of the time. And my children are in school during the day. Uh, my husband's a real estate agent. And we just, we focus a lot more now on just living intentionally and making sure that our day-to-day life aligns with our values as much as we can. Yes. I love that. And I want to get into a little bit more of your story just because I feel like it is, it's countercultural to desire to downsize, to desire to simplify, to not want the more, more, more that we are surrounded with. And sometimes it does take that, you know, that health scare is sort of that aha moment where you're like, oh my gosh, like something Mm -hmm. absolutely needs to change. And if you could kind of walk us through that, if that is a time where you really felt the most overwhelmed and kind of had that aha and what was going on and what did you change initially? Because your changes in your life were pretty drastic and pretty, <laughs> pretty amazing. And I, yeah. I would love for you to share about that. Yeah, definitely. So the health scare happened in early 2020. So right before the pandemic, I had gone to the doctor and they felt a lump on my throat and said, we need to send you in for testing, see what's going on. So I went in for the testing, found out that there was a tumor on my thyroid and they said it was a 90% chance of being cancer. And so of course that gets the wheels spinning. I actually lost my mom to cancer when I was only 19. And so that hit really hard to think that I could possibly follow in her tracks And at the time, I guess my children would have been two and four during all of this. You know, I'm thinking, what am I doing with my life where I am working constantly? And I I did actually love my job. I got a lot of, you know, a lot of fulfillment actually from my job. It was just that I found that I was giving everything that I had to the people that I worked with and to my clients. I was a life insurance strategist. And I knew that I was helping a lot of people, but at the end of the day, I was absolutely exhausted and didn't really have the mental fortitude or the energy to really focus on my family and give them what I wanted to give them, what I felt like they deserved. And so when this health scare happened, it it was about eight months between the time they said there's this lump and then had surgery and spoiler, it was not cancer. It was like this miracle. Yeah. It was definitely felt like a miracle, but I had this eight months to really think about what it was that I was doing. And of course the world's going crazy. You know, everybody's experiencing the lockdown and we're all suddenly working from home. I used to be in the car and going all around the DC area day in and day out. And suddenly was from, you know, working from home. But my husband and I started talking about just making a total life change. And the beach was really what called to us. And, you know, it was one of those things like a lot of people, I think, strive to move to the beach, like when they retire, or have like a second house at the beach. And we wanted to go all in you know, let's just figure out a way to make this work. 
And if this is something we want to do, why put it off for 25 or 30 years if we can figure out a way to make it happen now? And later that year, it was in December, you know, we, we had been talking, looking at places, couldn't find just the right spot. Because of course, with young children, you want good schools. And if you may not have a job when you move, you need to make sure the cost of living is reasonable enough. There are all of these different factors. And in December, I got to go out to Hawaii, to Maui with a group of friends. And when I was out there, I learned about this location in Florida. And it was a couple of spots near where we are now, but it basically started some intense Googling. And my husband, who's a real estate agent, you know, is pulling up all of, all of his systems. And we honed in on the area of Southwest Florida that we are in now. And a couple of weeks later, flew down found a house, went under contract. And as soon as we went under contract, it was like, okay, it is go time. The house that we were buying was literally less than a quarter of the size of our house in Northern Virginia. So it's like, all right, we physically cannot fit all this stuff in. We've got to declutter. And I spent the next four months, anytime I was not working or with my children and my husband, I was decluttering and donating and selling stuff. And I mean, it, it was a crazy four months. It was like, that was all that I did outside of work, sleep and kids. <laughs> wow. That is so amazing. And just like to have that catalyst moment that you really are able to examine your life. And also, like you yeah. said, examine kind of where these precious resources are going and recognizing, wow, you know, my energy and time is not going where I want them to go. I've been thinking a lot about this concept of capacity, which is that, you know, mm -hmm. instead of looking at what our homes can physically hold, which is usually how we're making decisions about how, you know, we, what we keep or what we purchase, mm -hmm. that we should be looking at our actual capacity to be able to manage it and still be able to pour in to these things that are most important to us. So yeah, you had, yeah, you had such a major shift with you know, your physical space. And then obviously your work life was shifting a little bit. And I know that you mentioned earlier that you're a recovering workaholic and shopaholic. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I want to talk about that because I have women come into my, you know, my life here through the Facebook group and they're like, okay, Emily, you know, I'm ready. They're, they're moving, they want to get the stuff out of their house and they start decluttering and it feels really good and everything, but there's still a lot that keeps coming in and yeah. it's hard for them to change those ingrained habits. Mm -hmm. I must say for me, this is why I would love your perspective because I've never been a person that would like be going to bed and sort of like scrolling whatever to find, you know, something to buy, whether it be on Amazon or a, your favorite retailer, the closest I ever was that I would want to buy dresses and I would go on the mod cloth website and I would pretend I was like this fifties housewife <laughs> and want to buy all these like cute A-line dresses, you know, that's probably the closest I ever got, but I would love if you could talk about just this concept of like the habit of shopping as like a way to feel good, a way to relieve stress, kind of what that looked like for you and sort of some tips about how you shifted that because you had to out of necessity for this yeah. 
new life shift and also this new home you were going to be living in. So if you could start us kind of with that mindset shift maybe, and then maybe start with some tips around that. Yeah, sure. So for me, shopping was something that I always loved to do. It was a fun hobby and I definitely did the, you know, I'm in bed, I'm exhausted, I should be sleeping, but instead I'm scrolling on my phone and shopping the sales and, you know, something's popped up in my feed on social media and I'm clicking the link and next thing you know, I've just bought three things. You know, it was you, the UPS driver, newbie, newbie by name. <laughs> and if he wasn't showing up most days of the week, he thought that something was wrong. You know, was Are you alive in there? Check. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was very habitual on the weekends. Anytime I had an opportunity where my husband would say, Hey, just take a few hours to yourself. My go-to thing was usually to go shopping or shopping in conjunction with lunch with a friend or something like that. Like shopping was usually part of it. And I always, I think like in my twenties and thirties really equated success, like with my work, because I've always been a career woman, my success was equated with shopping and being able to go out and buy more or less whatever I wanted. And so I really use shopping as a way of rewarding myself for all of my hard work and kind of as a way of saying like, Hey, you've been working hard and you've done it. Like you've done the thing you've helped. You're making a good income, go and reward yourself. Like that, that was it. And I didn't necessarily think about, do I need these things or how much will I actually use them? And so my, my biggest things were clothing, which would include handbags and jewelry and also, and shoes, (laughs) and then also home day four. You know, I, I loved to decorate, still do, but now I'm at the point where I've realized I need to just make sure that the things that I have in my home are things that I love to the point that I'm not feeling like I should constantly be redecorating or trying to replace them. And part of my challenge was that when I would get all of these new things, I never got rid of anything. And we had moved into a bigger house because again, that was part of me doing well with my job. Like, oh, we should get a bigger house. And you know, we had a baby when we moved into the house. And so it made sense to have more room, I thought. But the more room I had, the more I could store. And it, I didn't realize that there was an issue with me just constantly bringing stuff in and just socking it away, even though I very rarely used so much of it. And the decluttering so intensely for four months was really the start of my mindset shift because I realized that for starters, I was working my tail off decluttering. (laughs) Like I said, it was nonstop and I didn't even have time to be shopping, whether in person or online. And I was also at that point thinking, okay, we are, we are physically moving a thousand miles away. We have to pay for a moving truck and for people to move everything. So I actually did stop shopping really because of not wanting to accumulate more stuff that we were going to have to then pay to move. So that, that certainly helped. But for anyone who's not moving and not in that mindset shift, I think that it is helpful to do declutter or or do some decluttering. And that way you're realizing how much you have 
Like you can actually take stock of what you own and you can start to think through, Hey, instead of me buying fill in the blank, do I actually have something that I could use and enjoy instead? And I also always think about when I bring something into my house, whether I'm buying it or it could be a gift or some other free, free thing coming into my life. A lot of the time it's future clutter. Like we're, we're going to have to make a decision later on how to deal with it and how to get it out of our house. And when you've gone through so much effort to declutter your home, the last thing you want to do is actually get back into making the problem worse and have to get back into, okay, am I going to give this away? Am I going to donate it? Am I going to sell it? Am I going to sign it? Like that's, it's a lot of work. And so the decluttering was really the biggest first step for me to break my shopping habit. Yeah. You really come literally face to face with how much you own and having to do that in such a relatively short amount of time, I'm sure because of the amount that you had sort of accumulated, then it, when it becomes like the job on top of your full-time job yeah. and you're doing it, you know, a day in and day out, it's kind of like, this is not fun because it is emotionally yeah. <laughs> taxing. It is physically taxing to have to do these kind of long stretches of uh, decluttering. So I love how you were saying that some of these un, uh, like not I was going to say unintentional purchases, but meaning purchases without intentionality behind them, looking Mm -hmm. at them as future clutter. And I think that is a huge mindset like shift because it's like, oh, I'm going to have to do something with this eventually. And do I want to be looking at it and thinking, oh, I should get rid of that. Oh, I should, you know, make a decision about it. And then you just sort of end up shoving it somewhere because it's like, I don't want to make the decision. But in your case, if you're in a smaller space, you don't have that luxury. Also, there's only so many places you can hide things, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in a smaller home, which is actually great. I mean, I'm in a town home that's about, I think with the basement, it's almost close to 2,500 square feet. I do not want to move like ever. And in fact, I have these dreams of living in a tiny house after the kids are out of the house and my husband's 6'3", and he's like, there's no way I'm living in a tiny house. <laughs> I'm like, it could be a tall, tiny house. (laughs) I know they make those, right? They must. But I just, the kids will be like, we want to live in a single family home. And I'm like, no, because I don't want to have, you know, more space. Um, So yeah, that is really helpful. Okay. Hit us with, hit me with your next tip, girl, because I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So, you know, once we moved, I, you know, I'm in this new house and so I'm like, oh, now I can redecorate. And so I actually started to get back into my old habits. I started going back to home goods whenever I would get the chance and Hobby Lobby and, you know, new lifestyle at the beach. I was like, oh, I need to go buy tons of tank tops and shorts and swimsuits. Like all this stuff that I already had, like I actually still needed to declutter further. And so I really paused and pausing is I think one of the best things that we can do. So this is my, my second tip after decluttering. So push the pause button when you are tempted to buy something that would be considered an impulse purchase, meaning you were not actually, you didn't have something on your list. You weren't going to the store specifically for an item, but then you see the item or you're looking online and next thing you see this item that you're tempted to buy. And my favorite ways to push the pause button are if it's in person, a lot of the time I'll just take a photo 
of the object. And usually I'll try to get the price tag in there so I can remember like, hey, you know, if, if you really want that item, well, it's $30, is it really worth it to you? And if it's online, I like to add it to a wish list, um, especially if it's Amazon, I'll put it on the wish list. But then what I'll do is I will take a break. And it usually is going to be at least a week. I'll see, am I still thinking about that item? And if it has not popped into my mind, the next thing you know, I'm checking back on my wish list or looking through my camera roll and I'm seeing this item, that's a sign that I really don't actually need it. And it was going to be an impulse purchase. So I'll go ahead and delete it at that time. If I do continue thinking about it, then I run through the questions of, okay, do I really need it or really want it? Where am I going to keep it? Can I use it immediately? And is there anything else that I could use instead of having to buy something new? Do I already actually own something that I could use it? But pushing that pause button to just give your brain a chance to catch up with the rest of you has been so critical for me. I love that because it is so much with these kind of impulse buys. It is the impulse. It's the emotion. And our brain hasn't yeah. caught up, like you said. And I love those questions that you were posing because you know, some people think, oh, well, it's just a lot of work to have to ask myself these reflective questions when I'm going through this. Well, it's a lot more work to have to declutter later. Yeah. It's a lot more work to have to maintain these things that you don't need. So just doing that little bit of questioning kind of on the front end. Uh, and I would assume, I know for me, anytime I've done that, I not only forget like 90%, yeah. <laughs> but then if it's like, well, this is something I want or could use, then it is, oh, you know, do I have something similar? Kind of that resourcefulness that mm -hmm. we don't really focus on very much in our culture anymore because we have the ability to get everything so quickly, you know? Yeah. So I really love that. Okay, so we have declutter and then we have pause. So what would be mm -hmm. the next thing? So the next I would call avoid. <laughs> so avoid all of these temptations. You know, if you are working on getting stronger at resisting, it's easiest to just not even put yourself in the position of being tempted in the first place. So ways to do that would be, you know, if you go to Target, for example, for your groceries, maybe do a grocery pickup outside where you just pull up your car and you don't even have to go in and have the temptations. Or if you do need to go into, let's say Target, to get your groceries, just go to that section of the store. Don't wander off into the clothing section or the jewelry section or the home decor or any other section because as soon as you see something, you're going to have to resist. So, you know, avoid having to even push the pause button. Something that I actually did, Emily, uh, in January for the first time was a no spend month. And have you done one of these before? I have not, but I am fascinated by them. So, I so, so obviously we still had to spend money. Like, you know, you still pay your mortgage and your insurance and food and gas and all of the essentials. But what we did going into the month of January was came up with ground rules for ourselves that determined what we saw as essential. And that did include like, you know, the, one of the kids had a birthday party. Well, it's essential in our opinion to take a gift to this birthday party. So that was okay to buy a gift for the child. And so, you know, things will come up that might not seem extraordinarily essential like that, but you've got to make it so that 
it works for your life and doesn't completely deprive you. But the beauty of doing a no spend month where you're not spending on any of those usual non-necessary items, the clothes and the shoes and the home decor, whatever else, is that it gives you a chance to break the cycle. Because I do think that so much of shopping and spending money is habitual. A lot of people I know that participated in the challenge, for them, it wasn't actually shopping and buying stuff. It was actually going out to eat or going to coffee shops. And all of these things are very habitual and I think very much linked together. And if you can break that habit just by stopping it for 30 days, it can really just be such a great reset. And then when you come back after that, you know, you, you, I think have a lot more awareness of what your habits and tendencies are and also how you can avoid falling back into those old patterns again. Yeah. And recognizing that it is a very countercultural thing to do something yeah. like that. Not only that, in that retail stores are specifically designed to draw you in, for example, I have never been to a Target that didn't have the Starbucks and the dollar spot, like right there, yes. right? Because it is designed for women <laughs> that mm -hmm. are like, oh, I'm going to treat myself to the coffee and let me check out what's in the dollar spot. And so it's one of those things that if you recognize like this is designed this way for a reason, this is intentional, then you can kind yeah. of hopefully put those blinders on and, and move on. So I love that. All right. Hit us with your fourth tip, my dear. So the last one is to replace the activity. So if shopping is something that you love to do on the weekends, let's say find, find a different hobby. And that can look like a lot of different things. It could be that you get into crafts or making candles. It can mean that you're you know, going out to lunch with a friend and then doing a yoga class afterwards. I love to walk. I'm constantly outside walking. And if you're a, a nighttime in bed shopper, like I also was, I did all of these things, again, replace that activity. And that could be that instead you pick up a actual physical book and read, you know, you're not going to suddenly get any ads popping up in your book, which is a beautiful thing. It could mean that you're spending a few minutes writing in a gratitude journal, um, you know, anything where you tend to find you shop at certain times or certain days of the week, just breaking those patterns by finding other things that you enjoy and doing those things instead has been really helpful for me. Yes. I love your Instagram stories when I'm on there because you're like always walking on this beautiful <laughs> beach. And I'm like, man, I got to get to Florida. <laughs> it's so nice there. Maybe I'll try to convince the the hubby when he, um, when he retires from the air force, like maybe we can do similar to you and move down. There south. you go. That sounds lovely. We love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So we had declutter, pause, avoid, and replace the activity. Yeah. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. So my short, my short term memory hasn't been completely fried as a mom. So that's good. I'm impressed. I'm, I'm very right? impressed. I didn't yeah. even write it down. <laughs> so I, this was so helpful. I know this is going to bless so many moms that are struggling with that shopping habit and understanding some of these tactical things they can do to replace and to really like be able to shift their mindset around what is truly important and how they're spending their money and time and all of those precious resources. So I'm hoping that you can 
please let everyone know the best way to connect with you so that they can follow your journey and everything that's going on in your life. Yes, absolutely. So I am on Instagram at minimalism with Mary. So I would definitely love to have everybody come check it out. I've got some highlights specific to breaking the shopping habit. And then of course we do lots and lots of decluttering as well, but ultimately it's all about living more intentionally. Yes. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really, really appreciate it. And it just was such a pleasure talking to you again. Yeah. Always fun. Thank you so much, Emily. If you like today's podcast, here's what you can do. Just take 30 seconds to leave me a review. I know you're a busy mama. You're overwhelmed, in fact, but 30 seconds of your day makes such an impact. I'll be blessed by your words. They'll definitely make my day. And who knows, you might be entered for this month's giveaway. An Apple podcast, scroll down to write a review. Thanks so much for your time. I'm so grateful for you.